guys, V and Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. It's the final Takes on Takes before the 2020 NFL Draft kicks off on Thursday. Kyle, happy Christmas Eve's Eve. Yeah, it's, I, was, I had a radio spot this morning, and I called it Drafts Happy or Merry Draft Eve Eve. And they got a kick out of it. So I think this is, we got to run with this now because we did not collaborate that that was going to be referenced and we, you did it anyway. We never do, you know? No, just flying by the seat of our pants here yeah. on Draft Dudes. I say, what's better than this? And then whatever happens after that happens, you know? <laughs> we push this, the honestly, this honestly might be the most collaboration we have because it's takes on takes. Yeah, it's true. There's There's the preparation factor. Yeah, called copying, pasting the good ones. So yeah, we hope you tried. brought a good one this week, guys. Yeah, there was like I don't know uh, five more Isaiah Simmons takes that I left out. Just it's like everybody asked about Isaiah Simmons this week. So well, we're off the wagon, right? I Isaiah guess. Simmons ain't go, ain't going at four anymore. Okay, so where does he go, Kyle? <laughs> Carolina. If they don't trade, that makes sense to me. Did Carolina or Jacksonville? You don't think there's a chance Arizona could take him? No. Okay. They defensive line, defensive line, or you kidding? They got they've already got a hybrid linebacker in Hassan Reddick, and they don't know what the the hell to do with him. <laughs> very different players, I understand. Very different athletic profiles, I understand. I'm just but this that... te- this team pooped their pants about as hard as you could with Hassan Reddick. Their defense is it was bad last year, and I don't. I mean, like I said, like in the so past, their offensive line. Yeah, but does Cliff care about that? Does he care? Does he care? You should. You got a first overall pick playing quarterback who's like five ten. I'm telling you right now. Uh, here's a tease for my final mock draft: the Cardinals won't be drafting a quarterback, uh, offensive lineman. You get him, Derek Brown. You'll find out whenever it's posted. But yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Because I was going to say, either you tell me now, I'm just going to go into the back end of the, the Google sheet that right. we have, and I'm going to look at it. I haven't seen the, is the Google sheet up and live yet, not to get uh, off the rails here. Uh, yeah, I DM'd it to every individual from the draft network who needs it. Wow. Like well, two days ago. I don't think that happened for me. I think I was left off the distribution. I'm pretty sure you weren't. Mm, I don't think it's in there. Don't don't think it's in there. All right. All right. Do you want to set up the first take here while I go look for this link? Yeah. Get that DM to me because you haven't yet. <laughs> oh, here you go. Yesterday. That ain't it. You're not Sunday, April, Sunday, April 19th at 4.14 p.m. TDN final mocks. All right. Fine. Fuck. All right. It's it's in there. It's, it's in, there. in there. Wow. Somebody's already done theirs. Who is this? Ben. Wow. Ben. You want to just give us spill the beans? Call an audible. <laughs> Come to draft dudes. We're gonna read you Ben Solak's <laughs> final mock draft before it drops tomorrow. <laughs> Get some ratings. Let's know. Seriously, let's spoil a pick. Uh, okay, you pick one and I pick one. Okay. Um. Um. Oh. Eleven. Oh. He had to do that. Okay, that's bad. Uh, Ben's not winning the contest this year. <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I'm a spool 17 Patri- okay. Patriots straight up to 17, uh, with Dallas and draft Jordan love in Ben's final month. Brandon Ayuk to the Packers at 30. Oh, 
All right, I gotta get out. Let's take something. <laughs> they're gonna do the same thing to us. Maybe. Probably. No, they're, they're not gonna listen. They They'll won't know. know. Hey, if you're listening to the show, don't tell them we did this, and we'll spoil another pick tomorrow. Yeah, but if the mocks are gonna drop till tomorrow night. So if, if anyone does, though, like you're on the poop list. We'll yeah, know. You are an enemy yeah. of the pod, and we don't have enemies of the pod None. like Locked On NFL Draft does. None. But we will if you if you spoil <laughs> this for us. You want the first one or nay? Yes, I do. Okay. Take from Francis. This is a Browns fan, Francis. Isaiah Simmons has a much higher bust potential than any other projected top 10 picks because much of his success will rely on his defensive coordinator. Who are some of the players whose team fit could make or break their career? All of them? Well, yeah, but so I let's make this specific about Simmons and that he has the highest bust potential of any projected top 10 pick. Sure, I think that's... Uh, are we going to see he has a higher bust potential than two with the injury issues? That's the cool. That's according to Francis. Yes, I would. I would sell on. I would take the field, Francis, just because <laughs> I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, dynamics here that could go into play. And I think with quarterback and Tua, presuming that he's going to get picked in the top 10 where he's projected. Um, I think the injury issue and a quarterback makes him a bigger bus factor than Isaiah Simmons. You might not get the best out of him, but he's going to at least see the field for you. Even if he's not like the, the same impact player he was at Clemson. So I, I would disagree with this take. What about Becton? We consider him a top 10 projection. Uh, you could food, man. You know, he's yeah, 400 pounds all the time. Yeah. Likes to cook. Uh. <laughs> see, that's at least we put our names on this stuff, right? Yeah. We put our names on all our opinions. We can't just anonymously <laughs> say like, oh, so-and-so folds his uh, toilet paper under the roll instead of over the roll. He's undraftable. Mm. Uh. I, I used to be an under guy. I've recently switched to an over guy. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. And here's the reason why, right? It's easier to pull the ply off and not unravel excess roll. <laughs> Is that um, that's your your reason? That's my reason and the fact that I was raised like a normal person and, and that's how you do it is over the role. I think what you made have, you change. What I think change? I, I bought into the belief that there's less of an I, uh, likelihood that it will snap uh, sooner than you want it to, you know? Yeah, it's also true. That's that, <laughs> that was and my let reason. Me, let me ask you this. If you if you tuck it under. Yeah. Do you have to like palm? the roll to prevent it from rolling when you tear it. <laughs> like, do you want to be palming the oh. roll of toilet paper? How hard are we pulling on this toilet paper is my question. I, I, I do it. Like when they pull the, the table curtains off from underneath, like the full fully dressed. This is a moment for you, huh? I You're just, like, give me that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Turn it into a talent show for me, myself and I, okay. Take from slabs, Mickey. We're moving on. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds has the highest ceiling of any active linebacker and has a good chance to reach it with coach McDermott. So who's in the conversation De Devin Bush, Devin white, uh, Darius Leonard, Fred Warner, uh, Roquan Smith. That's the guys probably. Probably. Yes. Um, I think Tremaine has grown a lot. I mean, he's, already had two seasons of starting experience in the league. I think he turns like 23 in May. 
Pro Bowler last year. Length. He's in the right type of scheme that's going to accentuate his strengths. He's got good talent around him. I I feel like there's still room for him to get better. I still think he's becoming more and more confident as a processor, but not quite all the way there yet. He's had some really high levels and of flashes in, in coverage, but you know, continuing to get better at working through contact and getting ahead of blocks a little bit. I mean, he does that. I I don't think I'm being too homerish in saying that. I I think that he has the highest ceiling of any active linebacker. I know we both had him high on our boards coming out higher than all those other guys. So number four overall player in 2018 on my board. So I had him three. (laughs) He's played well. All right. Ian Rahulaport makes his weekly debut here on the show. Uh, Take Jordan Love will be this year's Drew Locke, a quarterback who whilst often mocked into the first round due to a variety of factors will fall into the second round on draft night. I could see this. It's a question of how urgent New England feels they need to get another quarterback, right? And if the Colts feel like they need to get back up into the first round to grab him, if they like him that much, or what's more likely, Joe, Jordan Love out of the first round altogether or Jordan Love QB3? Based on the conversation I had with you uh, in pre-show, it's most likely that he goes out of the first round. Then QB3? Yes, then QB3, yes. But I don't think either one of those things are true. Neither do I, but never know. Maybe last week I did. (laughs) Yeah, right? Jeez. They got us chasing our tails this year. Worse than ever this year. Yep. Okay. Take from Zach. I don't like this one. Athletic upside is code for he's bad, but we think he could be good. And if he does turn good, I want to get out of jail free card. I like how you called me a fuck, but you couldn't say the word he said there in the take. Well, I was trying to edit out the F word. Oh, and now I've got to edit out two F words. Right, it's his timestamp, right? Sorry about that. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I, there's been some debate about the word upside in particular. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with the word. I think it's, I think it's a good word to use. It's it's acknowledging that they're not quite where they need to be, but you have a belief that they can get better because they have physical tools. So um, I think this is an aggressive aggressive piece of this where like maybe there are some prospects where they are just like Javelin Guidry uh, from – where did he play? Is it Utah? Utah. Utah. I mean, yeah, he has athletic upside and – that's it. Like he's a bad football player otherwise. So I would be less like, I would probably say, yeah, he has athletic upside, but he's extremely poor as a football player. I think it's a perfectly fine way to use these words. I, I think upside is an okay word to, to have in your vocabulary as a draft analyst. Yeah. It's your lexicon of, of phrases and classifications of players. This is like the only way I see this being a problem. And I'm not saying Zach falls into this category who gave us his take. But the only way, in my opinion, you fall into this category is if, like, you're one of those same people who's, like, confused as to why everybody doesn't have 32 first-round picks here. <laughs> right. right? And it's, like, because if your mind deals in absolutes like that, then you would look at athletic upside and you would see it as a get-out-of-jail-free card in case you are wrong with your original forecast. But, like, there, there's a lot of 
cliches and buzzwords in the draft circles, and I get it. But at the same time, they're cliches and, and buzzwords for a reason. They can be overused and they can be abused, but I don't think that means it's it's a a blanket statement that everybody uses just to be able to tap back into if a player hits. Well, and also, like, how do you deal with misses? Do you go back and say, well, I said he had athletic upside, but he couldn't play? Like, that's why I care so much about your your scouting reports and what you say about players and like the, the full scope of, of your analysis, as opposed to where you have them ranked in buzzy phrases like this. But I do think they have meaning. Right. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love Postmates, but I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even stepping, opening up the door. Given what's happening in the world right now, they've created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on Android or Apple, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Post made it. Okay, Joe, who's getting this one? Uh, you gave me the the athletic upside one, so you get this one. Justin okay. Herbert. This comes from Matt, Vikings can fan. I, can Matt. I say something real quick, though? Sure, yeah. I didn't realize that you were Mackay Becton. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> he said, I love food. Yeah, I do. We're talking about our friends at Postmates. That's why you would not want to invest your top 10 draft pick on me. I'm telling you. <laughs> I am telling you right now. I'm not going to be able to help your football team. such thing. a stupid thing to ding a guy for. <laughs> Matt, Vikings fan Matt. <laughs> I like that I point out that he's Vikings fan because I don't think he has bias in, in this, right? He, the Vikings aren't drafting a quarterback. Justin Herbert will struggle if he's drafted to a West Coast team isn't drafted to a West Coast team and has to leave his lifelong home in Eugene to move across the country. Well, I think he's going to have to leave Eugene no matter where he goes, right? So I would ask you this. What's the difference if he's got to fly two hours south to Los Angeles, and that's an approximation. I don't know what that flight time is. Or if he's got to fly six hours across the country from Miami or five hours from Indianapolis. I don't know. This What's was the a, difference. Yeah. This was a talking point with that Oliver last year, right? Where like he was from Houston and he, you know, his five-star recruit went to Houston and he was loyal to the soil and didn't want to leave. Get drafted by the bills, Buffalo, the opposite of Houston. And man, he came in like, it almost felt like he was very deliberate about like, I'm going to make this my home. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been great for the community. 
that's not to say Justin Herbert might not struggle, but I don't think the I don't think his location will have anything to do with it. He seemed pretty quiet when I watched him go fishing with Michael Pittman, man, you know? All shucks kind of guy. <laughs> Eli Manning was like that one a couple Super Bowls, so. He did. Eli Manning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh I was watching some Justin last night from twenty eighteen. And he dogged his he dogged his receiver pretty hard because he didn't do a spot. Uh he didn't sit. Uh was, he was running a, a crosser and uh receiver never broke down and ran straight into like a, a cover two corner squat on the opposite side of the field. And the ball like zipped where it would have been if the receiver sat down and you could just see him like slam his hand like he's talking to the receiver from like 15 yards away and he's like talking to him with his hands and stuff so i don't know for a guy who who can't command any respect i think the uh the narrative's a little misplaced there joe Mm -hmm. kp ken parker this one's fun alabama will have more first round picks than lsu i looked at some betting odds last night and both uh with my bookie they both have it set at four and a half over under four Alabama and LSU players. And I think okay. they're both definitely going to have four for Alabama, Tua, Wills, Ruggs, and Judy. Those are all first round picks for LSU, Burrow, uh, Jefferson, Chase on and Queen. So now it comes down to, do you believe that Delpit or, or I mean, who else was from LSU? Delpit, um, Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, what Lloyd Cushenberry, maybe. No, he ain't gonna be a first round pick out here. Okay. So those are your options. If you think they're going to get to five, and then for Bama, you have Trayvon Diggs and Xavier McKinney. I don't think Terrell Lewis is part of that conversation. That's it. Raquan Davis is not getting picked in the first round. I'm going to take push. Yeah, they're both going to have four. They're, they're both going to have four. They're both going to have five. So Alabama will have more first-round picks than LSU. No. I will say no, they will not. They will, ba- they will have equal equal picks. But would you would you put down cash on either one of those? No, I wouldn't touch this bet, dude. The bets are so bad. It, like the ones, like you look at them and it's like, oh yeah, that's obvious. And you go to put it down, and you're like, oh, if you put twenty bucks on it, you win two dollars. Like, no, that's okay. I'll keep my twenty. You know, it Just was like the the unpredictability. Like you could go, <laughs> you could literally go like nine of ten, and like the one you miss is like, oh, I didn't win any money. <laughs> I right. I'm like, I I went through. I was like, all right, I've been doing pretty good. I did good in the Super Bowl. I did good at the Combine. I'm like, all right, let's put some cash down in the draft. And I was messing with it last night, and I'm like, no, I'm not. These aren't anything. these aren't even worth the money I'm going to put on them. No, it was not. All right, uh, a couple more here. Tommy says, if Detroit moves down from three with either Miami or the Chargers, we could see the Jaguars, Duval, trade up to four to get in front of them to select Jeff Akuda. Let me ask you this. What's preventing the Jaguars from trading to three with Detroit? I don't know. I don't know. If you're going to get to four, get to three, right? Right. Just go get your corner. Yeah. Fair point. I don't. I don't think. I don't think a team's coming up for a quarterback. I don't either. So it kind of makes this take a, a moot point. You, so you think no not. trades? No trades in the top five? No. I agree. I'd be, I would be surprised. I woke up to a headline this morning that the the, the rap board one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? No, no. Okay, <laughs> this is getting crazy. And it's like if you're, 
what it, what do you take if you're Washington to get out of that spot? I wouldn't take anything. Would you? Well, you you'd have to if Miami offered you five eighteen and twenty six, but that's beside yeah, the point. I would, right? I like, would take that. Yeah. It's like what what worthwhile offer are you gonna get when first of all you can't even get a reasonable you won't accept a reasonable offer for Trent Williams who is just sitting and rotting on your bench because he don't want to play for you. Yeah. So it's like what, and that's a genuine question for you. What would you accept to move out of two? Five, 18 and 26. Okay. But like, that's not coming. So like, I'm just going to pick chase young. I mean, in a year like this where, I mean, we're, I like a lot of the players. I have a lot of top 10 grades this year. Chase Young? Come on now. Don't, I don't disagree. What if Miami offered you... Uh... No. 526 even... and 39? Yeah, you doing that? I would say I want 518 and 39. Then you ain't getting a deal done. Yeah, I don't, I'm like, okay, fine. And, and that's, and that's the point, like... It, there's no chance they're coming out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one's for me, isn't it? Yeah. Vontel last take. Yeah. He snuck it in the buzzer. You're an up and coming athletic director looking for openings. These are the four open Baylor, mm-hmm. Duke, Nebraska, and Arizona. Which would you choose? What type of pitch would you give to land all the athletes coming to your school? Uh, I'd rank these Nebraska one. Um, no. you have yeah. you and your infatuation for the heartland of this country where there's, oh, I feel like I can win. In, they're incredible. the only one on this list that I realistically believe I can win a national championship at. Oh, you're going to, you're going to go to Nebraska with, yeah. and be the sixth best team in the big 10 and win a national championship. Good luck. We can do it there. We can do it. They were just playing the conference championship game. Wow. Okay. Let's take it down a little. This is not that serious. Baylor is number two. Duke is three. Arizona is four. Arizona's four. Yeah. Why? It's so hot there. Joe, it's. You ever been to Tucson? Yes, it's terribly hot. When were you in Tucson? In April when I wanted to die. When in April? Multiple years with. No, Anna. you weren't. You were in Tempe. You weren't in Tucson. What's the freaking difference? Two hours? Yeah, it's an hour and a half south. Is it colder? No, it's beautiful though. Hot. I don't care if it's beautiful. I'm not living somewhere where it's like it's gets in the heat. 120 degrees, man. No, I'm just not living somewhere like that. Okay. So yeah, Nebraska, because I think I can win a national championship there. <laughs> You're not winning shit in Nebraska. Yeah, I am, especially if I'm the AD. Baylor number okay. two, because I think there's good football players in Texas. Duke, because I don't know, we won't win a national championship in football, but we will in basketball. In Arizona, it's just too hot there. And they're what? They're they're the eighth best team in the Pac-12? Yeah, but what's the gap in the Pac-12? I would put it I would put it Arizona, Baylor, Duke, Nebraska. Oh, so your my four is your one. And yeah. wait, wait, wow. Nebraska at the bottom, you just don't want to live in in the heartland. You don't. You Correct. hate people that live in the central United States. No, I just I need something to do. Make Nebraska great again. Okay. I don't want to argue with you anymore. Hey, we have a special uh, special guest coming on next, Joe. We didn't yeah. tease this. No. Yeah, we did not tease this. Glad you uh, stuck around. UCLA corner prospect Darnay Holmes. 
I had a chance to speak with him over the weekend and talk to him about his draft process and his training and uh, really enjoy getting some insight. Talk to him about what he learned at the Senior Bowl, uh, what the most valuable coaching tidbit that he picked up on was and, and who challenged him the most and what game, if you wanted to watch, would best showcase what he could offer an NFL team. So lots of like really interesting discussion points. We're going to put that into this episode of the podcast. We want to make sure Darnay, uh, the time that he granted us is you know given to all of you as well, because he was very engaging and very enjoyable to talk to. And we wish Darnay the absolute best of luck. Uh, Joe, that's going to do it for us with takes on takes. So without further ado, here's some Darnay Holmes for you guys. Really happy to be joined right now by UCLA cornerback Darnay Holmes. Uh, Darnay is one of a slew of very talented corners in this year's class. First and foremost, Darnay, thanks for carving some time out of your day. I know the pre-draft process. This isn't the typical pre-draft process that we've got going on right now, but uh, the wait's just about over. So how are things holding up on your end? How are you staying busy, uh, making sure you're getting your workouts in and uh, staying ready for whenever that call comes uh, next week? Yeah, uh, I just been on my uh, program every morning, you know, reading, uh, doing my Bible things and just working out, staying in shape, keeping my mental, my mental health great. How has this, um, how have the conditions with the quarantine impacted your uh, experiences with the teams? You know, we, we always hear from players when we have them on the podcast that the pre-draft process is challenging and this has been a, a pre-draft process unlike any so other uh, and it's hard to imagine that anybody who comes after you will experience anything quite like this as well at least for a very long time so so Darnay what what challenges have you come across personally as far as you know networking with the teams and getting your face time and and trying to find balance on top of some of the restrictions that there are with uh, your personal training and, and you said your your mental fitness as well. Yeah, I feel like truthfully, uh, just with the quarantine thing, we have to do is actually no challenges, you know, because you're actually at home, you're at your actually in your own space, you don't have to travel different places, you know, sleep a short amount of hours, you know, the things you do on a thirty visit. Because I I was able to take one thirty visit before the corona thing actually uh, took in full effect, so. I was able to experience what it's like to go do a visit, uh, sleep night, uh, not a sleepless night, but a, a short amount of sleep that night. And then, mm-hmm. you know, after a long day of meeting with coaches, you get on a, a six hour flight from Philadelphia to Cali, you know, that, that can be uh, not a frustrating, but a, a heavy thing because you're going to do that a several more amount of time. So just doing it at home is actually not a challenge. You know, it's just, you got to know how to uh, set up things through technology. You know, you got to be able to do different things through your phone, but uh, be able to also impress through your uh, phone as well. Now, I had a chance to listen to you went on with Connor Rogers from Bleach Report, who's a good friend of ours. And uh, you had said something that, that had some great perspective on this, and it was something along the lines of, this is a good test to see who's built for this. What have you, what do you think you've been able to apply in your day to day and your routine? You mentioned a stick routine. You know, if you have a stick routine, uh, you're not going to get caught off guard by distractions. How have you been able to maintain a routine 
throughout this pre-draft process. Let's call it after the combine. You know, tell me a little bit about that vision and and your routine on a day to day. Yeah, my routine on a day to day is pretty much uh, just waking up. You know, giving a man above his thanks as needed. Uh, read, and then I do some meditation. I stretch, and then I do some cardio, you know, run around. Uh, I actually have a few fields I have access to. But other than that, uh, I have my own mentorship program, my own, uh, I want to say my own, because it includes other people, and a lot of people plays a part within the uh, the organization establishment. But uh, outside of that, I'm helping kids out, allowing kids to maximize their talents through different access I have, you know, and also make sure that they're letting go different traits that sabotaging them from reaching their full potential. So uh, I'm just doing a lot of things to give back, you know, to give to the world, but also to give to myself, you know, just by me doing these things for these kids, I actually have to walk it out myself. I have to live it out myself, you know, so I can't just be saying one thing and I'm a fraud and I'm not doing it myself. So everything that I'm implementing within a, a kid's skill set, I'm actually doing it myself, you know, so during this time, I'm practicing patience, uh, practicing being at ease through everything that's going on, you know, not try to anticipate or predict where I'm going to get drafted at because that can be stressful and that could be something that, you know, reckons your heart. You know, that's 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 not the injury that's needed, you know, because you don't have the control or willpower to make that decision, you know. So I'm just getting myself in a place of uh, mental peace and just enjoying it. You know, this is this isn't the first time I've heard you mention your energy either. And you can serve as a great role model for those kids because, you know, you graduated in three years. And, and going back to that stick to football interview, uh, you had mentioned the phrase, when the vision is vivid, your energy will align with it. Can you tell me a little bit about what your vision for yourself was when you came into UCLA, if you've stayed on that path? And what does your vision look like yourself moving forward? Yeah, my vision when I came into UCLA was to uh, graduate in three and then from there figure out what my uh, football endeavor would take me. So I always had the mindset of uh, take care of the academic part, you know, because you're a student athlete. Student comes first before the athlete, so I had to handle that. And then after that, I accomplished that. I figured out the athlete side of things, and then I decided to come out. So now just me being a student of the game now, you know, I'm doing what I love for my job, so I'm just – making sure that once I step foot into the next uh, realm, I'm about to step foot in, you know, uh, I abide by the standard, you know, I follow the code of conduct. Uh, most importantly, I'm accountable, you know, with this time, you know, the best thing you can do is be in the best physical and mental shape you can be once you step foot. You don't know when you're going to step foot into the next, uh, the next endeavor that I'm stepping foot in, but just when the time comes, I'd rather be prepared than not prepared. So I'm just going to do all the things that's needed once I figure out what team I want to go to, you know, get the playbook, get the uh, training that they want me to do, but, you know, reach out to other team, not teams, other teammates that's on the team and see how they was able to grasp the playbook when they were there or uh, even if they got some new traits or different things that they use to actually receive the playbook, I'm going to figure those things out. So I'm just going to do my due diligence to figure out the playbook and actually know and understand the playbook and not just you know memorize it now you've had some exposure to nfl coaching between obviously paying for coach chip kelly there at ucla but also getting the chance to go down to the senior bowl and work hands-on with nfl coaches and and some of the other guys in the draft class this year uh 
do you have anything that stands out to you from your experience in Mobile that was either a new technique or any valuable coaching advice that you received throughout the course of that week? Yeah, uh, for sure, staying on top of routes, you know, playing top down. Uh, that makes you more efficient on when you're breaking or even doing certain little movements that comes with playing the DB position. And I'll tell you what, you were feisty as hell that week. I had a lot of fun watching you uh, during the course of the practices, man. You were real sticky that week. You had some nice battles. Um, who throughout the course of that week did you most enjoy competing against, and what did they bring out of you throughout that week? Uh, I say I enjoyed the most with uh, Van Jefferson, uh, receiver out of Florida. You know, just being from two different spectrums of the world, you know, some guys don't respect Cali. I'm not saying he didn't respect Cali, but, you know, uh, some people form the perception of Cali guys are just for the for the looks of things. You know, they're not actually about it. You know, so I was able just to prove to myself that that perception is not something that lingers over my head. I'm, I'm a different guy. Hey, you guys chatted back and forth quite a bit throughout those practices. Uh, so we, we like seeing that little bit of dog out of corners, too. Um, one of the things that we like to do when we get on this show with, with players is we like to talk about uh, how your brain works as a football player. And, you know, we've had a chance to have some really great guests on. Uh, you're the next in line. We, we had uh, Brian Burns last year came on and talked about his process of setting up offensive tackles and, and, and pass rush plans. Uh, but before we get into technical side of coverages, uh, what is it about the game of football that you most enjoy? Like when we get around to say June and you haven't strapped it up for six months, what is it about the game of football that you miss the most and you're most excited to experience again when the new season starts? I'll say the preparation, you know, because every time you're preparing, you know that you're preparing so you can display your best self and your best self is needed. Now, if we get onto on the field, uh, your pre-snap process, obviously throughout uh, the course of games and specific matchups against specific players, uh, you can draw any number of coverage assignments on any given play. Uh, but one of the things that I always enjoy talking to guys about is the game within the game, so to speak. So can you just give us maybe an example of some of your pre-snap reads on any given play? and how you handle processing that information in live action, because it looks, you guys make it look so natural, but in reality, there's so many things that you guys have to process in live in real time. Can you just talk us through a little bit of like, is there a mental checklist that you find that you, that works for you to go through before your snaps and, and if a, then B, or how do you, how does your brain work when you're processing before and after the snap? Yeah, most importantly, you got to honor the present moment. You know, if you're thinking about things that happened before that actual play is taking place or thinking things that happen that may happen after play is taking place, you're not going to be able to go through your uh, your mental checkoff. So, you know, have a short-term memory, but also, you know, enjoy the beauty of living the present moment, which is going through your reads, you know, figure out the formation, you know, figure out where the uh, receiver is aligned. Is he at the top of numbers, at the bottom of numbers? Do he got his back foot up now because you want to do something coming for an inside route, you know, just figure out different things that the receiver is doing and different uh, signs that the formation is giving you. And you've talked a little bit throughout the course of us talking here about uh, 
the the preparation side of things. Is that always like a fun revelation when you're watching a guy on tape and then you have like that realization of like, oh, he's got this tell. I know I know the first time he rolls this out on Saturday or, or going forward for you on Sundays, I know I'm going to get him because I know exactly what he's trying to do. Yeah, uh, I always had the belief that the more you know about the player or even the play before the play happens, the more successful you'll be after the play. So when I was coming up through – uh, the scouting ranks and working with some of the mentors that I've worked with over the years, Darnay, they've all mentioned uh, that they've liked to ask players what they thought their best game was. I want to put a little bit of a different spin on that with you. If you think about the course of your college career, is there a game that stands out to you that you would say best illustrates what you can bring to the table for an NFL team that's considering drafting you? Yeah, uh, I'll say just with my versatile traits, it'll be uh, Stanford 2018. Just okay. Special teams and defensive play as well. Now, real quick, I want to get you out of here, but uh, I want to give you a chance uh, to give a little bit of love uh, to the some of the folks that you're working, whether it was your, your combine training or marketing or, you know, your agencies and reps. I just want to give you the floor here. Uh, anybody that you, you want to recognize here before we get you out of here that's been helpful for you uh, in your pre-draft process, I know this is a really important time for you, and uh, you've definitely got the right mindset to tackle this and, and have tons of success. And uh, anybody that you want to recognize now, we'd love to give them a little bit of love on the show too. Yeah, uh, definitely. I would like to thank the man above, my support system, my family, just everybody who's – contributing to me as a man and as a person. Uh, thank you guys. Love you guys. And let's continue to flourish as people and uplift and empower all those who needs the encouragement and development as we all do. Oh, there he is. Darnay Holmes. Thank you very much, Darnay. We wish you nothing but the best of success. Uh, hopefully we don't have too long of a wait, uh, but I have a good feeling that wherever you end up going, uh, they will not regret making that phone call. All the best to you. Appreciate you.